2 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verses 14. Again, I'm looking forward to these day services. <laughs> Brother Prescott said, well, I was looking forward to the night services. I said, well, <laughs> it's funny how that works, ain't it? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make us manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Every place. We are unto God a sweet Savior of Christ and them that are saved and them that perish. To the one we are the Savior of death unto death and to the other Savior of life unto life. Who is sufficient for these things? Again, verse number 14. Thanks be unto God, which, here's the key word, always. Causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in, here's the second key word, words, every place. Always and in every place. I want to speak to us for just a few moments here tonight. Somebody said, well, you didn't preach too long Sunday. Now, so let me tell you something. There's normally two reasons why I quit preaching. I'm either out of steam or I'm out of stuff. You know what I'm saying? There you go. That's it. So we'll see, we'll see how long we go, huh? Don't matter, does it? I'm going to preach for just a little while this morning. I don't know how long that'll be, but let me just preach to us just simply on this thought. Sweet victory. <laughs> Sweet victory. How many of you believe you can have victory in this house tonight? Slip your hands up to heaven. Lift your voices up to heaven. Ask the good Lord to have his way. Father. I thank you, God. I'm glad to know, God, that always and in every place it is your divine will that we walk and live in victory. God, victory in our minds, victory in our hearts, victory in our life, victory in our churches, victory in our youth group, victory in our families. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, have your way in this house. Anoint every word spoken, said, and done in this place tonight. And we will carefully give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And we bless your name, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we do pray. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. We worship you, Jesus, and magnify the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Oh, hallelujah. If you love the Lord tonight, shout amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's house this evening. It was a common expression you would have heard many years ago in nearly every single one of our circles. As soon as you'd walk in them doors, one of them old timers was going to look at you and ask you the question, you got the victory? <laughs> Amen. I mean, that was just kind of par for course. As soon as you walked in that church, somebody's got to know you got victory in your life. <laughs> Amen. There's a reason some of these folks ain't asking that question anymore because they don't, they don't want anybody asking them that question anymore. Amen. Can I tell you, beloved, it is still God's divine perfect will that you live with absolute victory inside of your soul victory in your mind victory in your heart victory in your church victory with your family victory with our young people victory with our elder victory in our song service victory in our worship and our coming in and our going out and our rising up and our sitting down and we live with true Holy Ghost victory 
Now, friend, hear me tonight. There is no such thing as segmented victory. You cannot tell a man you got victory if you got victory over here, but you ain't got victory over there. There ain't no such thing as that. You either got the victory or you don't. You either walking in the victory or you don't. Don't tell me you got victory on Sunday. You ain't got victory Monday through Saturday. That ain't the kind of Bible we read out of. And that ain't the kind of God we serve. The God we serve is victorious always and in every place always and in every place and it's still his will that we live victorious everywhere I'm concerned church because as we go throughout this land we're losing this message God forbid we're looking at men and women and shrugging their shoulders the best thing we can give them is some psychologists and a couple of pills we got something better than a pill we got something better than a potion his name is Jesus and he still gives victory if you got the victory somebody give him praise It ought to be something you yearn for every day. It ought to be something you look for every day. God, let me live in victory today. Let me walk in victory today. Well, brother, it's just some days I may not feel it. I ain't talking about what you feel. I'm talking about my faith. God, I live in victory. Lord, I may have pain, but guess what? I live in victory. I may be going through trials, but I'm living in victory. I may be facing heartaches, but I'm living in victory. That's the will of God. Now, can I tell you something, beloved, tonight? You will never have true divine victory in your life if you do not know the victor. Say amen. Friend, the problem is we got a whole lot of folks thinking they can get the victory if they just bring in the right choir, if they just bring in the right speaker. It come on here. I don't care if you get doctor sounding brass. I don't care how many degrees he may have. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's still by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let me ask you tonight, friend. Not do you have the victory, but do you have the victor? <laughs> because without the victor, you'll never find victory in your life. Without the victor, without being sold out to Jesus, I don't care what you're trying to do. I don't care how many new leaves you turn over. It ain't a New Year's resolution. It's not a new turned over leaf. It's being surrendered to the Son of God. It's being born again. It's walking sanctified. It's being filled with the Spirit of God. You've got to know the victor. That's where it begins. I said that's where it begins. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Not in the meeting. Not even in the fellow movement. But in Christ. In Him. To know that I'm walking with Him. 
Not how many text messages you get from somebody saying we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, we're not none of that. I'm glad for all those things. I'm glad anytime somebody calls, I'm glad somebody says we're praying for you. But you've got to learn how to have victory when nobody texts your phone, nobody calls your house. You say, All I know is I've got his hand and he's got mine, and I'm walking with him, and he's walking with me, and it's enough to give me victory. We take that scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And we say that. But in our minds what we think is. My joy must be my strength. And so long as I've got a little joy. Then I've got some strength. That's not how the Bible reads. It's not my. It is the joy. His joy is my strength. And if the victor is happy with my life, then I have strength with that. Amen. If he's pleased with me, then I can say, thank God I can walk in victory. Amen. It is his joy that is master. And when he looks down and sees a child that's been born again and sanctified, that's filled with the spirit living in his light, I believe he's going to smile. I believe we can have victory in him. We sometimes, don't get me wrong, I thank God for the run. I thank God for the shout. We'd say swing from the chandeliers, but hallelujah to God, we got some fan blades that do just fine. Thank you, Lord. Victory doesn't always look like that, though. Sometimes good old-fashioned victory just looks like the face of the man that gets up every morning in pain and he still gets down in praise and still has the mind of Christ and still goes forward and walks with God and he walks with integrity and he loves his wife and he loves his children and he supports his church and he's faithful to his God. Beloved, that is victory. Say, I'm glad when we can pray all over you. I'm glad we can lay hands all over you. But if you ain't getting none of that, you just walk in victory. You just live in victory. Victory! You just walk in God! We was, we was in Batesville, Arkansas, there, Brother Nathan's church. And there was a man started coming to that church. His name was Troy. He was a little small guy. And there, there's an assisted living center walk up, walking distance from where that church is. Well, I saw little Troy there. I'd never seen him before. And I go to introduce myself, and he, and he, of course, he's got his head kind of a little crooked, and you, and you can see where he's had surgeries on his head. And he's got, a, he's got a huge brain tumor, and it's growing super fast. And he would greet you, and he would always kind of put just an, an odd thank you in, in, in the conversation. You'd say, well, hello, I'm Zane Estes. He'd say, hello, I am Troy. Thank you. Thank you. And he kind of do his neck like that. And he told me before this tumor came, he was a lawyer. He was a big hotshot lawyer. He studied at the University of Washington. I asked him, I said, were you a good lawyer? He said, I wasn't a good lawyer, but I was a rich lawyer. <laughs> Amen. It's sound like the kind of guy that sue his mother. Amen. Now, he never said anything about his wife, but in all likelihood, as soon as that tumor came, she left him and threw him in that place, you know, took him. And he looked at me and he said, I was a little boy and I prayed when I was about eight years old, but he said that wasn't enough. He said, I was bound by alcohol and I knew that I was. This tumor had come into my brain. Now, understand, he's, he's, he's cognitive enough to know that he's not, he cannot do what he could do, but he realizes this thing is there. And he tells me, he says, Brother Zane, he said, I was an alcoholic. I've got nowhere else to turn to. 
And the night, he said, one night I finally just looked up and I said, Jesus, this is bigger than me. This alcohol is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. And he said, when I did, he said he took his hands and did just like this. Hallelujah. And broke every chain. And when he told me that, Brother Woods, amen, there again, Brother Troy, he just goes, mm, thank you. But this time when he said it, it wasn't out of place. I knew what it was. It's that spirit man saying, thank God for victory, for victory. You you remember when God broke your chains? (laughs) You remember when God set you free? I know we can walk in here sometimes proud as a peacock, acting like you ain't never thinking. I tell you, it was the same blood. It was the same mercy. It was the same grace that came down to set you free as well. The victory is found in the victor, Jesus Christ. And if you don't surrender to him, you'll never have victory. I said you'll never have victory. That means God anytime, anywhere, any place. Amen. Anytime, anywhere, any place, God, I'm surrendered to you. And God, as I say, surrendered because you are victorious. My victory is in you. Amen. It's not me. It's you living in me. It's Christ in me. Now that's this hope of glory. It's not me on my own. It's not my own self-determination. It's not I think I can when my fingers cross. It's the living God inside of me that gives us victory. says there in Colossians 2 and 13 being dead in your sins and of them circumcision of your flesh that they quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to the cross and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly trying over, trying up over them in it. Hallelujah. I ain't got time to preach on all this tonight but what does those 13, 14 and 15 say? Amen. It shows us he gives us victory over death. He gives us victory over the dead of sin and he gives us victory over the devil himself. Say amen a new life, a new person, amen, a new mind, a new soul because you've been born again. He said you were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sin. Now you're made alive. I heard about an old boy one time. He was visiting them mountains. And man, I mean, he was up in one of those top smoky mountain places. Stop, get a little bit of gas in one of them stores. Got out of that car, Brother Messer. Breathed in real deep, that high mountain air. Beat his chest. And look at that old, look at that old mountain man. He said, It sure feels good to be alive. That man started pumping with that gas. He said, I don't know. I ain't never been no different. <laughs> I was. I was dead. I was. And you know what? So were you. <laughs> And you know what? 
Every time you see one of them folks there that they don't know God, I don't care what kind of smile they put on their face. I don't care what they're trying to post on some social media. I don't care how happy they want to make you think that they are. They are dead in their trespasses and sin. Let me tell you where real life is when you get tied up and tangled up. Let me tell you where real life is when you're born again and he breathes upon your heart and you're a new creation in Christ. That's where life is. Dead, but now alive. Why? Because your church membership? No. Because of the victor. Because <laughs> you promised and crossed your fingers and hope you do better next. No. One day I met a living God. <laughs> One day I met a living Savior. One day I met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He changed my life. And it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my soul. Somebody give Him praise. I remember we was way up in the mountains, and I've said this threadbare times in the Dominican Republic. Man, we got talking to them about the Lord up there. And they said just a few years back, and probably, I guess, 10, 15 years back, they they just recently heard of the name of Jesus. We began to ask, how did you even hear about his name? And those town people told us about Brother and Sister Prescott done went up there high into that mountaintop, and people never heard his name before. And they looked, and when we were there, they said, you see those mountain ranges over there? They said, we're sure those folks have never once heard his name. (laughs) We're talking about Western Hemisphere. Talking about right underneath our noses, and they've never heard his name. Beloved, this thing's too good to keep to ourselves. This thing's too precious to keep to ourselves. Amen. I've been set free, Brother Austin. I've got a right. I've got a responsibility. I don't know how it's going to be, but Lord, I've got to somehow or another. Lord, I've got to be able to share your name and let people know they can have victory if they'll find the victor. told you about that lady we sat next to at that airplane the other day. Well, a couple of years back, I'm getting into Croatia, and there's a man sits next to me. His name's Ja. I think that means nice in Chinese, Mandarin. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. Sorry, it's my southern accent. Well, man, I start showing him pictures of my family. And, man, he's, he's, we just strike up a conversation. Finally, he asked me, he says, uh, well, he looks, of course, I'm kind of dressed like this. He says, uh, what are you? And I said, I'm a minister. He goes, hmm, diplomat. I said, no, not that kind of minister. <laughs> I'm wrong. He, said, he goes, ambassador? I said, nope, not that kind of minister. I said, a minister for Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. He says, oh, I know these people. I know these people. Right. He says, where are you from? I'm not making this up. This is gospel truth, Austin. I said, uh, <clears throat> Kentucky. He's a big old boy. He goes, oh, fried chicken. That's right, son. Thank God. Colonel, help me out again, son. I had one extra Bible with me. I reach in that Bible. I write to that man, to my friend, Ja, from your friend, Zane. And I handed him that Bible, son. And here's that Chinese man. 
And he holds that Bible like you would a firstborn child. And he's sitting there holding on to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. I get off that plane finally, but the next day it hits me. I'm on my way to Croatia. I just got a Bible smuggled into China somehow or another. But here's a man that's holding that thing with such a love and passion in his heart for. Listen, friend, we think everybody and their brother don't want this. There's some that do. There are some that's hungry. There's some that's tired. They're tired of going through the trap. They're tired of being addicted. They're tired of being in their bondage. They're tired of being slaves. And they're knowing, is there anything out there? Is there anything? Yes, ma'am, there is. Yes, sir, there is. There's victory. There's victory. There's victory. And Jesus, somebody give him praise. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Woo! Woo! Thank God for victory. Thank God for victory. Friend, hear me. There is the author of our victory. His name is Jesus. But the Bible teaches you and me tonight as well. There is the arena of our victory. And it's found here in verse number 14. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of the knowledge of His knowledge by us in every place. Always and in every place. Always. You want to know where God wants you to have victory in your life? Always and in every place. You want to know when God wants you to have victory in your life? Always and in every place. You want to know how God wants you to have victory in your life? Always and in every place. Now, Brother Estes, I know. Glory to God. Tilt head. I know. In the sweet by and by, we'll have victory. That's not how the Bible reads. Not just in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty here and now. God, come on. God wants you to have victory right here. God wants you to have victory when every other person in your workplace ain't got victory and ain't even got a good attitude. Same. God wants you to have victory when every one of your family members look at you like you crazy because you live in a sanctified life. God wants you to have victory when nobody else in the church is worshiping and you're the only one that's got your hand up. Always and in every place, victory in your life. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what's thrown your way, you say, but that's just, that means smooth sailing, right? No problems. Wrong. That's all honey and no bees. That's not how life works. Listen, friend. Amen. Second Corinthians 2 and verse number 12, the Bible says this. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and the door was open unto me, I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence to Macedonia. What's going on? Here is Paul. He says, I prayed over it. I got it all worked out. And when I get there, don't nothing work out. And guess what? Paul says, 
And I still got victory. <laughs> I prayed. Sought God. Got this whole trip lined out. I go to Troas. I can't find Titus nowhere. Everything's upside down. Nobody's where they're supposed to be. I look around and say, well, forget it. I'll just go to Macedonia. And you know what? He's just as much in God's will right then as he is any other place. Because here, listen, friend, you may be here tonight and you may be saying, brothers, you don't understand. I prayed about this and it didn't work out. I prayed about it and then the door didn't. Can I tell you there is victory always and in every place. And as a born again child of God, you look back and say, Lord, my plan did not work out. But just because the plan failed don't mean the man and failed. I'm going to worship anyway. I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to call on him anyway. Can somebody give him glory? It's in times like those that you claim victory. I've seen them young preachers, and I love our young men. But man, I've seen them come up to me, and they were a basket case, Brother Woods. I prayed, Brother Estes. I tried. I thought I heard from heaven. I gave it all I got. And man, it didn't work out. And nothing was open. And I guess I missed the will of God. And I guess I'll go back and pump gas for a living. No, you did not, young man. It may not have worked out like you wanted to. But the Lord is working all things together for my good. To them that love, hallelujah, all those that love Christ Jesus and are the called according to his purpose. Can you give him praise? Always and in every place, God gives us victory. And your world gets broke, busted, and disgusted, upside down, and you can't see which way is right or wrong. You step back and lift both your hands and stay always and in every place. God, you're giving me victory right now. God, you're giving me victory through this. Lord, they may not return my phone call. They may not return my text. But you're giving me victory instead. You're giving me victory in spite. You're giving me victory now. <laughs> Do you know how many few, if that's proper English, how few missions trips worked out like I thought they would. And it's usually those things that get tied up and twisted backwards. And if you'll just claim victory, God will work it for his good. I was talking to Brother Sister Prescott right before service. And we, we got talking about the, the Dominican. I was there just a couple of months ago. And we were able to pass out literally hundreds of solar-powered audio Bibles. It ain't a radio station. You can't turn it to some honky-tonk song. You can't turn it to no rap station. It's just the Bible. But it's in, it's in French, it's in Creole, it's in Spanish, and it's in English. 
And, and so they, you know, depending on if they're Haitian or if they're Dominican, they can just switch every which one. I mean, it's solar powered. And believe me, there is a place that's hotter than North Carolina. Just trust me on that. And, and all, I mean, if it dies, you walk outside and the sun juices it up again. And, they, and, and most of them are, are illiterate. Please don't misunderstand when I say this. But if I were to hand them a Bible, it would do them very little good, if any at all. They'd put it on a shelf right next to Mother Mary and pray to both of them. But how many of you know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And if we could get the word of God in their ears, it will get in their heart. With Austin, last time I was down there, we had a group of 24 with us. I passed out a few at first just to show them how to do it. I mean, they just, they took right over. And I'm sitting there, Brother Woods, I'm watching those people as they pass out Bibles and tell those people about the goodness of the Lord. We go up in the mountains and on the way back, there'd still just be folks congregating around one of those solar-powered audio Bibles just listening to God's Word. Let me tell you, that, did, we, that was not something that we had just, you know, an automatic brainstorm. I'm on a missions trip, and Brother Gentry's wife, they thought that brain tumor had come back. And so he looks at me and says, Brother, that's just, I've got to abandon this ship. I've got to go back and be my wife. I said, you're doing the right thing. Only problem is i got a group of men here, and we got about two more days. We don't know what we're going to do. God help us. It was through that we said, wait a second. Let's go up in them mountains and see if these folks up there that maybe could use an audio Bible. Sure enough, these folks scattered all up in those mountains. All I'm saying is what the devil meant for evil. If you'll hold on to God, he will work it for good. It was that that led to this. It spiraled, got in the Remember old Brother Johnson, he's, he's passed on now, but he told me years, years ago, he passed away out there in West Arkansas. He's been dead for years. And he said, Brother Estes, he said, I, I befriended the county crime boss. I don't know how we got to be friends, but we got to be friends. I, and there was, a, there was a store that he had, and there was a place up front you could buy a few little things, but I knew everybody knew in that county. that Through that back door, some shady deals back there. But I talked that man and to come into our Easter play. He said, man, I mean, we're going to do it top notch now. We've got a big shot coming. I want you to let me know. So somebody gets the bright idea. Whenever Jesus is laying on the cross, we'll use real nails and hammer them right into that wood to make an authentic sound. Sure enough, nails is getting in that wood. Choir singing in the background. You know, and all of a sudden they go to lift Jesus up. And someone had nailed the cross to the platform. <laughs> so here goes a guy dressed like a shepherd and a guy dressed like a Roman guard skirting across the parking lot trying to find a crowbar, you know. <laughs> Who knows what the neighbors are saying. <laughs> Choir singing for 20 minutes. And they're, they're sitting there proud trying to... Fi- finally! Finally they get that thing pried up and they poised that cross up there so fast. They said Jesus nearly fell off. He's hanging on with one hand. They're just holding on all he can. Finally they get him down. He said one of my men that's carrying off Jesus as he starts to carry him off, his shoulder accidentally bumps one of them palm trees. And he said, I know what he's thinking. I'm either going to have to hold Jesus and let the tree fall or drop Jesus and hold the tree. He said, of course he'd have to have the head side, not the foot side. Sure enough, boom, drops Jesus. Kids, don't drop Jesus, okay? <laughs> and he goes, he goes to get that palm tree. And when he does, he overreacts. That palm tree hits the next palm tree, hits the next palm tree, hits the next. And like a domino effect. And he said, to top it all off, he said, there's a little seven-year-old boy sitting on the very first pew. And he decides to stand up and scream out, Tim! 
He said, I put my head down, and I thought, please let this night be over with. He said, Brother Zane, I walk up there because I'm the pastor because I have to because that's what pastors do. And he said, we're glad you're in this Easter play tonight. Maybe you saw something that moved you tonight. And maybe just maybe if the Lord has moved upon your heart and you'd like to give your heart to the Lord tonight. Maybe. And he said, no sooner I get them words out of my mouth. And I looked up and he said, there was the county crime boss walking down that pew. Tears running down his face. And he said, it caught me off guard. And he said, I, I, I really didn't know what to say at first. And I looked back at him and he said, Brother Prescott, I looked at him and said, all, all you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart. And he said, that man looked back at me and said, I already did. I just did that right there. I just did it right there. He said he didn't live much longer after that. I didn't ask him if it was natural causes or how he died. He said he didn't live much longer after that, but he died a saved man. I just want to tell somebody, it ain't your train choir that brings victory. Come on today, it ain't your highfalutin play that brings victory. It is Jesus, and it is always, and it is every place and every time. If I'll just trust in him, if I will lean on him, if I will look unto him, he will bring victory in our lives. Somebody give him glory. Always. And in every place, when I don't hear what I want to hear from the doctor, always. And in every place. When that loved one I reach out to does not reach back, always. And in every place. God, you still bring victory in my life. I'm talking to somebody in this house tonight. I don't know what slipped through your fingers and I don't know what broke as soon as you touched it. But before you let the devil scream in your ear to give up and wave a white flag, you need to get back on the firing line again and say, Lord, always and in every place. Lord, I went to Troas and it didn't work out, but I'm going to preach again. I'm going to praise again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to seek you again. Always and in every place. Give him glory! Paul says, I'm troubled on every side. You're not distressed. Perplexed. Not in despair. Persecuted. Not forsaken. Cast down. Not destroyed. Always. Every place. Perplexed. Here's my, here's the best uh, Greek explanation of that word perplexed. It literally, in, in the Greek, it literally means I don't know. I don't know. You ever been there where you looked at things and you went, I don't know. Thank you. God, there's one other. Thank you, Brother Brown. You and me. I don't know. <laughs> Brother, says, what do you think y'all do? I don't I was in Sweden, Brother Brown. I was in Sweden. They said, you are Americans. You have these words, but they are not words. But you call them words, but they are not words. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you have these, you, you have these words. These words, uh-huh, uh-uh. These are not words. I said, uh-huh. Those are my words. Don't you say them ain't no word. Uh-huh. I ain't believing that. <laughs> Talk to them, Swedes. Well, let me tell you, I don't know if you got in North Carolina, but Mississippi, here's one. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all do. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> mm. And that means interpretation. I don't know. 
And there's some trials that are so big, that are so unexplainable. All I can do is look back at you and say my best response is I am perplexed. And I don't know. But here's what I do know. He knows. And he he knows the way that I take. He knows where I am. He knows what I'm fighting. He knows what I'm fighting. And his word promised me always and in every place. He's going to work it for my good. Give him glory. Cash down. And it's as if Satan himself stands over and says, One, two, three. Paul pulls himself back up. He's got to cut over one eye. Got a bruise over another one. Every rib feels like it's torn limb to limb. And yet he stands back up and says, But I ain't destroyed. I'm not out for this thing. I may not look as pretty as I've done before I got in the middle of this battle, but I'm going to pull through on the other side. And as Isaiah said, I shall awake with the tongue of the learned. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In other words, when I get on the other side, I'm going to see things I couldn't see before. I'm going to hear things I couldn't have heard before because the Lord is using this to make me a bigger, closer child of God. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. The author, his name is Jesus. The arena, always, every place. The aroma, my life, being a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. In verse 15, we are unto God a sweet savor. Christ, and them that are saved, and them that perish. How does this happen, Brother Estes? The previous verse says it in verse number 14. He maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. In other words, there's something about those pains. There's something about those hurts. When we surrender to God and say, God, you're working this for my good. And you have not left me, God. I cannot explain this. It's one thing to have a hallelujah. It's another thing to have a hurting hallelujah. It's one thing to have a praise. It's another thing to have a painful praise. It's one thing to worship. It's another thing to have wounded worship. But through that, Brother Prescott, there's an aroma that's released. Oh, God. Don't ask me to try to give a dissertation. I can't understand it all. I just simply say what the Bible shows you and me. To, there's an aroma that has released the sweet-smelling savor when men and women are torn, and yet they lift their hands and they say, God, always and in every place, you're still working on my behalf. You've not left me. You've not forsaken me. You haven't turned me over. You haven't walked away from me. Your promises are yea and they are amen. Your mercies are new every single morning. Arise and seek your face and call upon the name of the Lord. Ask for the full armor of God and ask God to lead me along my path and journey. And there's something about that, dear friend, it releases an aroma that is pleasing in the nostrils of the heavenly Father. Can you give him glory?
best illustration I suppose I could give. Here's Paul and Silas. Now, now the plan, the plan is to go to Philippi. The plan is to preach. The plan is to establish a church. And yes, he prayed. And yes, he was anointed. And before anybody points a bony finger at him, you know what? That's not how the plan worked out. There's a little demon-possessed girl. You can read the story yourself. She comes up. She says, these men be of the Most High God. They show us the way and all these kind of things. And it's not that what she wasn't saying was true, but the trick of the devil is always to try to blend the things of this world with the things of God. And they rebuke that girl. Start to write, you know the story. Before you know it, Paul is thrown in prison. That's not how I thought things would work out, God. It was not what we planned on doing. And all these great things, we told all the brothers, man, we told them we're And now I'm stuck in a prison. This is probably where it's going to end. And God, here I give you praise for giving me victory. Now, most prisons nowadays, you know, I mean, it's three hots in a cot. And I mean, you know, air conditioner and heater. And if that's not how those prisons were, they're dark, they're damp, they're mildew, they're musty. There's no toilets. There's no, there, there's no sinks. We've got mixed audience here. So I don't want to get into the grossness of men that have to lay in their own waste and whatnot. But just you understand how very horrific that it is in the one of those prisons. And let alone every time that prisoner guard opens up that door, it could be dinner or it could be death. There's no guarantee either way. It would make any grown man go insane, but not Paul, not Silas. Why? Because they got victory. Because they got victory. <laughs> when other folks are losing their mind, hallelujah, Paul and, si- Paul and Silas, you know, you don't understand. I got victory. I got victory in there. I know they're going to lose their mind, but that's not what the Lord gave me. He gave me his mind. He gave me his peace. He gave me his joy. He gave me his victory. So I'm just going to worship him anyway. Look, so listen, I know this probably ain't never been done in this here prison before, but let's go ahead and sing. Nobody sings in prison, Paul. Well, folks have got victory still sing in their prisons. I'm, 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 give me just a little bit of liberty right here. But somehow or another, that fragrance travels upward and onward and upward and onward. And begins to fill that third heaven. Give me a little bit of liberty right here. Perhaps, just perhaps, one of the mains was turned around and says, Boy, what's that? You, you, don't, you don't get that too much up here. Now, we, we get praise, but most time when people get in trouble, they don't keep praising, they start complaining. But that's different. Boy, that's lovely. Come here, come here, come here, your eyes, come here. Before you know it, man, one of them earthquake angels turned around and Ooh, man, what's that? I don't know, maybe just maybe God the Father himself leans over that balcony and he says, I tell you who that is, men. That's Paul and Silas. Come here, get closer. Smell that. What a glorious fragrance that is. That's people that have victory even in their prisons. Oh, glory. 
It's, it's people that have got victory when they can't see the light of day. It's people that's got victory when they ain't even got an answer. They, when they don't have the answer, they have the assurance and say, God, I have the answer. I ain't got the, I ain't got the answer, but I got the assurance. And so I'm just going to worship the Lord. Oh, I'm just going to worship God. I'm just going to praise him anyhow. Earthquake angel. Get down there and shake some things up down there. Stocks break, chains fall, doors open. Man, next thing you know, that guard looks around. Every door is open. Brings out that knife. Just about does himself in. Before you know it, Paul goes, hold it. What? Put that down. My version, okay. Just be honest. That's not... Put it down. God's got a lot better life for you than that. Put that thing down. And you know what? Here's the thing. They're still all in the prison. Ain't nobody. I love it whenever somebody comes up and says, Brother Estes, why don't you think every one of them just ran out of the prison? You obviously don't know how victory works. Because when you have victory, it don't matter if you're in a prison. It don't matter if you're in a palace. Wherever the Lord is, it's peace that passes all understanding. And Paul says it's just as good sitting here as it is sitting over there. He's with me. He's beside me. He is my victor. He is my friend. He is my guide. He is my shield. He is my help. He is beside me all the way. Hallelujah. So rather than you taunting me and telling me I'll never come out of this prison, I'm going to live in victory in this prison. And whenever God says it's time to get out, I'll just step from here and I'll step from over there to right here. And I'll say he was with me there and he's with me here and he's going to be with me even to the end of this earth. 